Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name is Christian Allen. I'm here with my co-host, who we all lovingly know as Rod the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. The weather's nice. Oh, yeah. Um, and that always makes me feel better. So I got out there and did a nice brisk walk this morning nice. and uh, got the blood flowing. So Some I'm feeling air. good from that standpoint. Nice. How I about like you? It. You're good? Good. Yeah, I'm loving the weather. Loving the Anything new? Time interesting? Of year. Well, our uh, son Jefferson was just uh, he received a mission call. Oh, that's right. For, to go serve the church. He's going to go to Brazil. Congrats to Jefferson off the on the road for the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, have to keep track track of what he's up to. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So Rod, today uh, we wanted to make today might be kind of a short and sweet episode, but I wanted to make sure we got something out there um, that's meaningful. And the the reason that I decided on this kind of topic, and I'll get to the topic here in a second, is because as I was reading through some of the news articles, it just kind of caught my eye as a as a conversation that I feel like is worth having. Yeah. So we're just going to have a very authentic conversation around what it means to be rich. And we're going to focus on, at least we're going to start by focusing on how much income we might feel like is it we need in order to feel quote unquote rich. Um, but then we'll work from there. So that, that's what I want to start with. Okay? okay. And again, the reason for this route is because I was reading this article and it was entitled something like how much money uh, Americans say they need in order to feel rich. Yeah. And so I'm reading this and like kind of reading the statistics and kind of getting an idea of what people think and why they think it. And I thought, okay, this is an interesting conversation for us. We focus obviously on high income earners, mm-hmm. uh, but we oftentimes don't even really define what that means. Sure. Right. So it's, that could be pretty subjective. And certainly this conversation around what it means to be rich is very subjective, but I thought let's, let's have it and see where it takes us. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So Rod, let's play a guessing game for a second. Oh, actually we can't because we're doing a second take. So little context. We started this episode um, a few days ago and decided we needed to re-record it. And so I already did the guessing game with Rod. So I'm realizing in the moment that it won't be very much fun to guess. So I'm just going to give some statistics. I'm just going to give out some statistics that I think are interesting um, for us to think about. And we'll probably kind of spur our conversation forward. Okay. So people agree, Rod, in general, that it takes $200,000 or more to be rich. That's kind of the baseline number. Of income, of income, yep, to feel rich, okay? So it would be interesting, though, if I were to ask people that make two hundred dollars or $300,000 a year, if they feel rich, Mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to, okay, so so here's a question for you, Rod. Let's start with, from an income perspective, what it would take for you personally to feel like you're in that rich category. Again, realizing it's very subjective. And after the fact, we're going to go back and, define what that means and kind of how we got there. Yeah. Well, uh, I live in Utah, which is going to be very different than other areas of the country, obviously. Okay. So you bring up an important point already, which I I guess we'll just get into them as we go. So the first point is location means something. Sure. 
right? Like there is a massive difference, like you're talking about, between living in California, San Francisco, or uh, New York and New Jersey compared mm -hmm. to living in the great state of Utah, which is probably like on the lower middle half. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a good point. You live in Utah. So you're suggesting there, inferring that you may not need as much income as somebody living in a different location. Yeah. To have the same standard of living and or uh, be able to save more, invest more. Because yeah. I don't have to spend as much on on just the day-to-day -day expenses. Can I throw something out here though, Rod? Yeah. This is a a, a contrast to your I'm living in Utah, so I, I should it should take less. Yeah. But you also have a kajillion children. It's true. Yeah, it's true. And they're not cheap. No. So so like that has to balance things out at least a little bit. Yeah. Well that's and that's what's interesting is when anytime people talk about averages and so the averages of what Americans say they need mm -hmm. to, be, to make to get be rich is the 200,000. You always want to take that into perspective, right? Yeah, I think so. So, but, but let me ask this. Okay. What does, what is the impact for you of having that many children? So again, you've, we brought up two things. So one is situation. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, um, in a second marriage, so I'm divorced. I have five children. My situation is, might be very different than somebody in a first marriage that has two children or one child, right? Yeah, yeah. But like similarly, what has it been like or or what do you feel like the impact of being having like a large family is on that in the context of what does it mean? What does it take in order to feel again, quote unquote rich, which is of course very subjective. Yeah, I, I would I would give huge props to my wife um, because she uh has like mastered the the frugal or I don't know if frugal is the right word either, but but just the ability to make the dollars go far. You guys mm -hmm. are extremely good at making money go far. And can I just tell you, it's it's kind of a really cool testament because um, you, well, you know, 15 years ago when we started working together, you needed mm -hmm. to do that, right? Right. right. And now the, your world's very different, but you guys are still pretty solid at making things go. Well, and, and it is really wild. Thing. So, so get this. I remember a time and there were, so there were nine of us in the house mm -hmm. and we were spending 200 bucks a month on food Wow! and we were, and we were eating fine. It's not like we were starving. It's not like we were like <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel when it came to the end of the month. You know what I mean? But she Man, just, bro, I love it. She knew how to do it and she would buy in bulk when, mm -hmm. you know, when she had her buying price for the different yep. things. And, and so when it was buying price, we, we bought a bunch of it and, and we, you know, we, we, make bread and i mean anyway so so there you were a lot what? of things that go into it we had chickens oh yes you know? i remember anyway, the chickens so. well can i just tell you rod being able to like that's an incredible skill that uh can go with you anywhere and and it doesn't necessarily have to translate just in terms of how to you know spend less money on food it could be like like how to it's the same principle that we talk about when we're talking about how to make the investment optimizer work at its sure. finest, right? Yeah. It's doing those extra little steps that can create additional value. Yeah. And we so didn't call it, we didn't call it this ways. at the time, but it's like life hacks, right? Yeah. What do you do to make the dollars go further or, you know, the shred method, pay less in yep. interest, even though you're taking advantage of the ability to use that debt. Okay. Can I tell you this though, Rod, the, the idea of being smart with your money, when you have very little of it is so difficult, mm -hmm. right? Because, and especially in a world where like you're coming and joining 
a world that's totally, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Commission-based, right? Mm -hmm. so yep. it's, it's totally based on performance. You're not getting any baseline comp. It's completely based on that. Well, yeah. so what happens is, well, and I'm throwing out just weird situations here, but in that situation, it's incredibly difficult to budget. Um, and being able to like look at the long, like the long term when you're, you know, you get a little chunk of money, but you've gotten behind on some things and now you're just like able to get back you, to be able to make yeah. good decisions in those moments is impressive. So props to Jody for keeping the uh, Zabriskie family. on track. True. Okay. Right. I want to move on. Um, Here's a question that you don't know the answer to. Okay. So we're going to get, this one is, is trivial now. How much does it take Rod to be in the top 1% according to this okay, CNBC, CNBC survey? Yep. Okay. So, I mean, I would say 800,000. Wow. Rod. Okay. Huge props. 829,000 oh, puts right. you in the top 1%. And according to the survey, pretty much everyone seems to agree that that much income puts you in the rich category. Here's the thing, Rod, I would strongly disagree. Well, okay, so here's what's interesting about that. Because rich, like you said, it's subjective. And I think the more you make, the more you feel like you have to make to be in that category. <laughs> well, okay. If so that's part of the survey that I was, that I'm glad you brought <laughs> that up because people that are making between 50 and a hundred thousand, they're more likely to say $150,000 yeah. makes them feel rich. Yeah. Right. So the more income you make, according to the survey, the more money you felt like you needed to make in order. Yeah, well, that makes that's sense. called, well, I was going to say it's called lifestyle inflation and maybe that is part of it, but it's just psychology too. Mm -hmm. taxes mm -hmm. go up, right? everything um kind of amplifies across the board so it's probably not it's not that simple and um i'm going to leave a cliffhanger here but i would disagree that 825 that if you just said there's no other parameters $829,000 of income makes you rich i would say that depends that depends yeah okay so absolutely. we'll get to why that depends in a minute um okay but we got away from the number, the year number. So we got to go back to that. You didn't think I was going to uh, let you off the hook on that. So we talked about a couple of things that are important. We talked about basically family situation and really it could be a variety of situations sure. that make your, you know, your situation different. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we talked about location. Are there anything, other things floating in your head that would well, have an impact on what would make you feel like enough income is enough income to finish. I want to add a part B to the location because okay. we were talking geographically, you know, where you live in the United States. I would also say what neighborhood you live in makes a okay. difference because uh -huh. if, if I'm, if I'm living among, among a bunch of people who are rich or who at least I view as rich mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I'm living up to that, then, then my number is going to have to go higher as well. Oh boy, you're describing keeping up with the Joneses. It is. It's a real <clears throat> okay. thing. Okay, it's a real thing. I think that's a I think that's absolutely true, right? Yep. Like you you buy a nice house and you're probably less likely to want to like park your 1980s green dots in, in the front of and you know, Yeah, where every, everybody else has a boat and an RV and and, and a BMW and you've got a drive. Okay, but yeah. but everyone has their thing. So I think that's I think that's absolutely reasonable and fair. Now, I will say this. Um, I have no problem with people who do those, who have, I'm one of those people, right? But 
you have to be legitimately in a position where it makes sense and you're comfortable, right? So we'll yeah. get to that in a minute. Um, okay, so back to your number, Rod. That was okay. so you got to location. Are there any? What else is floating in your head? Well, okay. So one other thing is you just, actually. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I have to. I'm looking at my list, and I don't want to forget this. Okay, you nailed it. This is what I have: situation, where you live, current lifestyle. You nailed all three of those. There's. Okay. I have two other things on my list. Okay. One of the things that comes to mind, and and this is just may just be the way my brain works. I don't associate well directly i don't associate income with rich okay wait 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 you can't go there that's uh, for later rod that's okay for okay later another i appreciate the context another but i'm not gonna let you finish that thought <laughs> okay okay so then back to my number yet yet um i would say three hundred thousand. okay is my okay. number okay three hundred thousand to be to to get into that category uh, okay, I actually have one other one other piece of context. Okay, okay. And part of that is that uh, people who are ambitious enough to get to a higher income want to continue to grow that income. So for someone to say where I am right now and the income I'm making right now is enough is extremely difficult for driven people. Yeah. Right. So you're going back to your point about the the 829 or whatever it was to uh, of the 1% Mm-hmm. If you're, if someone would have the drive to get to that point, but chances are that the people I know that that kind of fit that category, they they want to continue to to build that in absolutely a variety of different ways. But and so maybe saying oh where I am now puts me in that rich category lessens the drive to keep pushing forward. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Interesting. So there's like a, yeah. And I, I totally agree. There's, this is all very subjective and psychological right. because the way that, you know, our, our current position so heavily and okay, Rod, can I bring up a couple other things? What about your previous relationship with money? Sure. That's absolutely. one of the things that I had on there. So I was thinking about things like how you grew up with money, mm-hmm. right? What, yeah. what your situation was, like maybe if you, whether you were in a, you know, a wealthy or middle class or a a lower class family probably dramatically impacts the way you view what it means to be rich. So if I was going to, if I had family money and Ivy league and I'm making, you know, and I get out, get out and I'm working at Goldman Sachs and I'm making four or $500,000 a year, that might feel like beginner level stuff. I'm just like, I'm not, not even close. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that those things have just maybe as big of impact as any of those other components. And I just wanted to kind of mention the relationship with money. And then I would also say, Rod, it can take like that relationship with money can, can go in a lot of directions. It could be your, uh, your just ability over the short time as an adult, you've had to spend money. What's Mm -hmm. your spending? What have your spending habits been like? Are you someone that tends to fall victim to lifestyle inflation? beyond what's reasonable and um safe yeah. right so well, anyway all those things and i would mesh those two ideas together and almost be like it's really difficult for new like the these really young adults because they kind of inherit the lifestyle that they grew up with and it's just that's their comfort level is to to do the things that they did with their parents and and live in a nice place or whatever right and so they they want and kind of expect that uh, right off the bat. And so 
it may be really difficult then moving to your second point in terms of understanding what it may look like to live um, less than that as a young adult, as opposed to just going out and putting it on the credit card or whatever to, to keep up with that, that level of lifestyle they're used to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. So making sure that I review all of them. I, I told you I had your definition of what rich is and we've kind of, we've kind of gotten there, but maybe, maybe not completely. Let's get to your definition of what being okay. actually rich is. And I am welcoming you to go any direction you want. Okay. You're now at the place where you could uh, move into your previous thought. Sounds good. Cause to me, and, and again, it may just be the way my brain works. Rich is more of a net worth thing. Okay. Like, cause for example, someone could make the $800,000 and spend all of the 800,000. And at the end of the year, they're no better off from a wealth standpoint. Right. Mm -hmm. They may even be worse off, right? You hear about all these athletes that spend and spend and all of a sudden they're bankrupt and, and you're like, how, how can that happen? Right. You made $10 million last year or whatever it was, but so but it so happens. You're right. Rich and, and wealth doesn't necessarily come from a high income. Um, and, and that went into my number, right? So that 300, when I was, I think about, okay, well, what can I, uh, make up, make enough to to live on today, a portion of that, but then be able to set aside a bunch of that to go out and invest and do other things with, to build the wealth and and create that you know level of rich or whatever. So okay, so so what I'm hearing, Rod, and I agree with you, rich is not so much like an exact number, but for me, it's more of a feeling of security, right? Mm -hmm. And and I would define it as the ability to spend according to my lifestyle without concern of, of financial hardship at all. Right. Yeah. So, so that, so going back to that $829,000 number, uh, there's, there's a couple ways to look at that, right? If I'm, if I'm the person that's uh, if I'm a surgeon and I'm working 80 hours a week to make my $829,000 mm -hmm. of income, then while I have a great income, I'm probably not at a place where I'd feel comfortable saying I'm rich. Yeah. Um, at least if I'm, you know, in the earlier side of my career and haven't been a prolific saver. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we've met with many people who made a lot of money, who spent a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, so the idea of having the income alone doesn't create for me what it means to be rich now. But if you, if you put it in a different context, let's say that I had, um, let's say that I had, underlying assets that were producing mm -hmm. a passive income of 829,000. I would absolutely say that's well, that, 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 that's yes. Rich, yes, right? absolutely. Yep. I was thinking about the that freedom. too. Yep. The source of the income absolutely matters. So yeah, go ahead. It, Cause it's that surgeon. If you mentioned in the early part of their career, when, when they haven't saved much, well, what about even in the latter part of their career where they're just feeling like I've been overworked for so long and I, I'm just ready to be done with it. I, I don't want to have to keep working 80, 90 yeah. hours a week to, to maintain my level of income. And we see that as well a lot for people who are motivated to, to create those passive streams of income so they can start to work themselves out of that overworked place. So here's what I want to get to at the core of this, Rod. Like everybody's going to have a different definition of what rich is. And mm -hmm. again, all of these factors are at play. 
But I think for us, okay, so let's go back to like the the money, the money insights methodology, mm-hmm. which is really to buy alternative assets to create passive income streams, which allow you to continue to grow your wealth, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's that's the formula to becoming well. And so here's the cool part. Um, if I live in a place, if I'm like you, Rod, you may already be at a place where you feel very comfortably and rich because you're, you know, you live in the place that you live in, you have complete security in your business. Like those things create, create a a sense of security that we just don't get Mm -hmm. if you're relying completely on, on working every day. Oh, one of the things that's interesting about this methodology or like the formula is that the actual number is much less important than the formula itself. Because as you said, I could have, I could be somebody that has two or $300,000, but I have complete, it's, it's completely passive. I feel totally secure in that. And that person might feel very wealthy. Well, while somebody else making a million dollars a year and working their tail off, and maybe, maybe even if they're not, you know, that person, this is what people don't realize, Rod, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent. Uh, Maybe our audience does realize this because most of them are very high income earning people already, but the like you said, the more you make, the more it feels like you need to make in order to be wealthy, to be rich. But it's not just because of lifestyle inflation. Mm-hmm. Taxes are a massive play in yeah, that, right? Absolutely. And what happens to, to people oftentimes is they're really excited about their new income. They make a million dollars and they realize that it feels pretty similar to when they made $700,000 because right. they you know, paid $150,000 more in taxes than they did at the the $750,000 mark. So yeah. like uh, while all of these factors come into play, that is one that I think from a formula standpoint, people have to like learn to get right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you're figuring out that methodology methodology of what it means to be rich, I love the formula of having assets that are creating passive income or and again a- those assets could be anything, right? Like we mm-hmm. oftentimes talk about real estate um, and those are great assets to have, but it could be a variety of different things. It could be your business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel a tremendous amount of security because of the what exists inside of the business that we've built. Yeah. Um, so, so it doesn't have to be one specific thing. It can it can be whatever you want, and the income number can be whatever you want it to be. And so, like the formula just works no matter no matter what situation you're in. Yeah, what I hear you saying is you almost have to to boil it down to the actual take-home spendable number and and almost work backwards from that. Now, there are obviously tax strategies that you can use to reduce the tax burden, and that will help with that that take-home. And should, but, by the way, if you're, if you're in that situation, it's harder as a W-2 income earner, but there's still things you can do. Absolutely. And I would say do the best you possibly can because, man, well... I was just thinking about this, Rod. Like, I, I had an, we had an expense not long ago that came up, and it was like another twenty grand, right, in the business. And mm-hmm. and I was like, gosh, that's crazy. Um, it that we just like toss around twenty grand, so you know, like like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I had this thought in my head that was like, gosh, you know what's what's even crazier is that if I did like if I made some very small tweaks on my taxes. I could have saved the money needed to pay that exact bill. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's point. just kind of an odd way, like an interesting way of thinking. Okay, sorry, I'm getting all over the place on this, but Rod, um, I want to wrap this up and just 
stop or I want to finish up by just getting some final advice from our our old wise partner <laughs> at Money Insights and just kind of give us your thoughts on kind of any concluding thoughts or advice around this subject of what it means to be rich. Yeah, I am the old guy around here. Uh, okay, so I have talked about this book called Your Money or Your Life, which is an interesting read. Um, and basically, it, the premise of it is that if you spend all your life to earn money, and that's your that's your only focus, then that's what you get out of life, the money, right? Well, if you then take a step back and you say, well, what, why do I care about the money? Why does that matter? And it's the things that it can do for you in your life, right? The like, so my ability to create experiences to have, you know, it's not the things that are the more, more important thing. It's, it's the things that facilitate uh, relationship building and, and again, experiences with family or, or whatever. So when, when you think about this, this whole question about how much income or how much wealth does it take to, to be rich, uh, think about what that means for you and what, uh, how you can make the world a better place by having done that. Love it, Rod. Good advice. Okay. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us this week. Um, we hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.